Good morning, City Church, and Happy New Year to you all. I hope you've had a great Christmas and you are looking forward to a year of hope in 2021. I have the privilege of being the first to speak in one of these uh, Sunday morning talks to you uh, this year. When Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he did so by, first of all, declaring God's name as being holy. And then the first thing we actually prayed for was that the kingdom of God would come here on earth, which is great. What more could we want than that the kingdom of the almighty, the gracious, the loving, the all-powerful, the compassionate, the forgiving, the just God would be reality here on earth? But what does it actually mean? What does it look like on earth? What does it look like in practical terms? Well, Jesus used stories to illustrate what the kingdom of God would be like. We're embarking over the next uh, period up until Easter in a series of talks about parables, those stories of Jesus, which were told in order to illustrate the kingdom of God. So maybe we should call it a series about understanding the kingdom of God, because that's what we really want to do. I could explain a lot about how we interpret parables, but that would take quite a bit of time. What I've actually done is to give you two links, both earlier in the week and here on screen and in the chat box. One to a five minute video by The Bible Project, which in cartoon form explains how to understand and interpret parables. And another one is a blog, 10 Principles for Understanding Parables by Kevin Halloran. So, um, do go look at those. They will give you a good insight as to how to interpret the parables we're reading between now and Easter. I just want to pick up one particular point, which is that parables are designed both to conceal as well as to reveal the nature of the kingdom of God, which sounds a bit strange. Jesus himself said so. In Matthew 13, he was talking to the disciples and explaining about his use of parables and actually says that he tells stories because for those who want to listen and who want to discover the kingdom of God, those who are seeking, we might say, then it reveals the nature of the kingdom of God and it brings understanding. But for those who don't truly want to listen and who don't really want to seek, they might hear the stories, but they don't perceive what they mean. So as you listen to the parables or read the parables that we'll be looking at over the next three months... It's really key that you do so with a heart and an intent to discover the nature of the kingdom of God. Then you'll find great results. So, many of the parables start with the words, the kingdom of God is like, and then Jesus uses an illustration or a story. And we're going to start with one very simple parable about yeast. Jesus said, the kingdom of, he of heaven, or the kingdom of God, is like the yeast that a woman put into a batch of dough, of, of, of flour and made dough, and it permeated throughout the whole batch. And of course we know that will have caused the bread to rise and made a beautiful light loaf of bread. It's a very simple story. It's a very everyday story. In fact, the parables are all about understanding the kingdom of God with everyday stories, with things that have been very familiar to the ordinary people that Jesus was talking about in their ordinary lives. So one point about this is, this is about how you live your everyday life 
in a way which reflects the kingdom of God. So what about the yeast? Really small amount, a lot of flour, apparently three measures of flour, which the Bible uh, quotes Jesus as saying, is a lot of flour will make a lot of bread. But the small amount of yeast permeates the whole of the dough and transforms it into something else. It's very powerful. So what does that mean? How does the kingdom of God do that? So one way to look at this is to look at it about our own lives internally. When you become a Christian, you often know very little about God. You might feel as though you don't really understand everything about him. But as we work, what we do know about God and what is planted into our hearts, as we find out more about him, as we practice living according to the ways that his word, the Bible says, as we talk to him, as we listen to him, as we learn from others, God does a work in us which transforms our lives and it permeates our whole being. In fact, the outcome of this, which is sometimes called the fruit of the spirit, is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. These things are produced by the kingdom of God at work in us as we accept the yeast of the kingdom of God into our lives and then perhaps need it like you need the dough. We practice what we're learning. We step out sometimes in faith to do things and God does something special in us that transforms our whole lives and transforms the way that we live and we operate. But I think it's not just an internal thing to us. It's also an external thing. So... Something small in our lives might have an impact that we don't understand that's much wider because God takes it and uses it. I was really encouraged recently at, a, uh, at an online conference I was at uh, in December, actually end of November, and there was somebody in that conference from Poland who I'd met in January. And when I met her with a group of people, I told a story about how our church had stepped in when my family was going through a really difficult time. And through really practical help and through... Uh, praying for us and through support for us, it had really carried us through that time and helped us to discover God in it and given us a real uh, support that led to us overcoming in that situation and now being able to thrive and uh, knowing God more deeply. I didn't really think about it. It's a story I tell from time to time. But um, this lady shared how she'd heard that story and it had really moved her. And... So when they came for the first time to organise in Poland a thing called Orphan Sunday, which we call Adoption Sunday in the UK, encouraging Christians to step up and to take their role in caring for children who need homes, that story was built into the service, which was then run in 30 different churches across, across Poland. And also, because she'd been moved by that story and shared it within their church, they're now aiming in their church to emulate that kind of way of being a supportive church to each other. So something which started off as a, an issue in our small family, which you as a church got involved in, and it grew into something which transformed our lives and also has actually had an impact, I think, on the way that the church operates, is now something impacting one church in Poland and is being told to 30 churches in Poland. And whether they'll tell the story next year, I don't know, but we'll see an increase in the number of churches doing that. That's just one small example of God takes something small and grows it to, to widen the impact and make his presence felt throughout uh, the earth. Another point about this parable is it didn't just happen. You put the yeast 
in the flour and with the other ingredients. And you don't just leave it, you actually work it in and you fold it and you press it and you knead it and you work it. And, and that way, all the ingredients become mixed and the yeast takes it, it becomes active within the dough and reaches every part of the dough, even though it, it is tiny. So this growing of the kingdom of God in our own lives and in the impact that we have on the world around us isn't just something which automatically happens. God partners with us in this, in that he and his kingdom does this work in us, but we have a role also to knead the dough, <laughs> which means that we do get to know God better by talking to him, by reading about him in the Bible. We do explore him with others. We do actually practice what God says of perhaps thinking about the things which are healthy and wholesome, what we feed into our lives, what we watch, what we what we read, the things that we discuss. Maybe the attitudes we choose to forgive rather than to hold on to anger and disappointment and bitterness. We choose to give beyond ourselves and to love rather than just to live within our own micro family. We choose to be generous rather than just to hold on to our own money. We were really best before Christmas when uh, we sold cakes for my nephew who needs a companion dog. We made loads of money. Thank you. But one of the reasons for that was that you people were really generous. And it's one of the things that has kind of become characteristic in our church. I was talking about it with, with Becky and she was saying, actually, it's, she sees that as part of the legacy of Simon Ruth, who stepped down from leadership, but have always demonstrated themselves to be generous and to be willing to talk about that. And alongside lots of other influences, I'm sure. It's become part of who we are. So you all gave well beyond the money that we asked for a piece of cake to raise well over £500 from one little act like that, which was delightful. But it was people choosing to act in godly ways. And that, I'm sure, will have a greater impact and a testimony, not just in terms of getting a dog for Mikey. That's all. Have a great day.